This is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, the show that talks all things outdoors in Paul Bunyan Country, or as we like to call it, paradise. Today we're talking shooting sports. The Movingy Area Shooters Association's annual August Academy will be held this weekend at the Northland Regional Shooting Park. Tara Hokuf has all the details about that, about the well-armed woman's third anniversary, and we do talk a little fishing too. The aquatic biologist is in with another tough question. It's all coming up. Welcome to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Well, it's August. That means we get to talk to Tara Hokuf again, because that seems to be her month to be on the show for a couple of different reasons, because that's when the August Academy takes place at the Northland Regional Shooting Park. And it's the anniversary of Well-Armed Woman, and they always have a big event as well. We're going to talk about both those. But first of all, Tara, thanks for stopping by today. Well, thanks for having me back. Let's start with the August Academy. This is the third year they've done this. And I think the, the let's start with the fact that it's at the Northland Regional Shooting Park, which continues to amaze me how few people actually know we've got this amazing uh, shooting park out there. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, the facilities out there are phenomenal. A lot of people maybe know about the trap and skeet club side because their kids are, you know, shooting clays or something throughout the year. But just go a little further down the driveway and you'll get to the Bassa Clubhouse, the Bemidji Area Shootings. Uh, Shooters Association and the range out there is it's phenomenal. So tell me a little bit about the Bemidji Area Shooters Association. Um, who are they and how long have they been around? They've been around a while. You don't have to tell me the exact number of years, but it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a long time. Okay. Um, I mean, longer than I've even been in Bemidji. They've been been working on the facilities out there. It used to be the shooting range used to be behind the airport there on County Road Nine, okay. and then they moved over to Highway Eighty Nine. It's about three miles north of the Highway Two Junction there, um, up. 89, and there are four different shooting bays of different lengths with different steel targets all throughout, um, and lots of different events. There's a clubhouse up there that we use for our meetings for the Well-Armed Woman. Um, it's just, it's a really awesome facility and a real gem in this area. A lot of times, you know, you're shooting in a gravel pit or over at your dad's house or something, and this is somewhere where you can take... Um, you can take classes. You can just go out with your husband. You could go out by yourself and just just shoot some ammo if you can find some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. now, finding ammo, finding anything uh, these days seems to be a challenge as we get back, try to get back to normal. Well, the, uh, the, the shooting park is a great thing to check out if you haven't yet. Uh, I've been out there a couple of times. But this is the weekend that to do it because you've got a ton of stuff going on. We do. So this weekend, Friday through Sunday, we have events all weekend long. Um, starting Friday around noon, we have some open range time, which is typical for our summer months. We have certain days where we're open to the public, but that starts at noon on Friday. And then we've got meet and greet events throughout the weekend. Um, there's a youth BB gun shoot. So it's um, the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation gave us or donated to us this inflatable BB gun range, basically. It's like a giant bouncy house. But these kids get to do a little safety, learn about um, BB guns, how to how to be safe with any firearm. Then they get to shoot inside this little range. 
take their target home, of course, because that's so much fun. Um, and then every kid who participates this year, their name will go into a drawing. And at the end of the weekend, one lucky kiddo will win his very his or her very own uh, BB gun. Okay. And uh, is it is it the one Ralphie wanted, or is it even better? I don't know. We just we got to wear safety glasses. No shooting eyes out. Yeah. <laughs> so so that does the the youth part goes Friday evening, um, three till six, and then all day Saturday. Uh, but then the rest of the weekend too, we have lots of different shooting competitions, some free classes. There's a permit to carry class, and of course our giant silent auction fundraiser for the well-armed woman. Okay, we'll get into that. I'm just curious. When you're talking youth, what 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 ages are you looking at for the for the BB gun stuff? Honestly, we we tend to say, um, as long as they're old enough to hold it safely, we can we can teach them. So so not talking about firearms with kids, it's a it's a non-starter. They're going to be scared. They're not going to know what to do. So so as soon as the kiddo is old enough to do that, even even practicing with Nerf guns at home. Um, on how to point them safely, how to hold them safely. So I think last year we had as young as three. Well, for three, for sure. My daughter did it. So um, for sure, three years old would be fine. And up to anybody who wants to wants to try. But if you're over 18, you don't get to try and win the BB gun. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> right. Um, so again, again, a great opportunity to get out there, check out the uh, shooting park and do some family type activities. But what, are the, what do we have for the adults? So there's there's lots going on. Um, there's a Stop the Bleed training on Saturday, which is like a really basic trauma response type class. So say, I mean, it would be for a gunshot wound if, God forbid, something like that happened, but also any kind of bleeding trauma. It is a free class that takes about an hour, and you would learn how to stop that bleeding and potentially save a life. So okay. um, it's, an, it's a national training uh, and, and open to everybody. The seats are limited, though, so make sure you get there early. <laughs> um, and then there is the final three-gun shooting competition is going on at the range. Uh, that is the final one for this season. That'll go all day starting at 10 on Saturday. And then there's a drop plate shooting competition where there's steel targets, and fastest time to knock down all the targets is going to win half of the entry pot. Mm. So you actually could win some money. Yeah. Um, let's see. There's a ladies only handgun handling and safety class on Saturday morning, which is also free. And it's a great stepping stone into that permit to carry class if you've thought about it or if you just want to learn a little bit more about handguns and, and do it in a space that's not just with your husband or, or your dad or whomever. <laughs> um, it's, it's a great non-threatening place to, to learn all there is to know about those handguns and how to handle them safely. So for somebody who's real green in this area like I am, what is a three-gun shoot? It's an amazing, fun, crazy competition. Um, so what they do, they set up different stages, and each round you shoot three different firearms. So you'll shoot so many targets with a handgun, so many with a shotgun, and so many with a rifle. And it's essentially a race with checkpoints where you will put one gun down and pick up a different one and then hit those targets put that firearm down pick up the next one and again it's fastest time wins so yeah and and there's actually there's groups of three gunners that go all over the state the country it's a really they have a huge following so it's pretty exciting to have competitions like that here in Bemidji Um, about how many people would would normally be involved in a competition like that around here 
You know, it de- it totally depends on COVID and the weather and all kinds of things. But um, I guess I would say anywhere around a dozen, give or take a few. Okay. It would be a great a great turnout. the The stages take a while, so you kind of got to plan on all day, which is why we like to feed people on Saturday at our August Academy. So you don't have to leave the range; you can come have a hot dog lunch with us on Saturday while you're watching the three gun shoot or in between stages. What ha- what goes on on a daily basis out at the sh- at the uh, shooting park? I mean, what what's the stuff that's happening all the time? Uh, if you're a member, you can go out there anytime during the daylight, basically um, within reason. We've got hours posted, but our our sun usually limits our shooting time here in northern Minnesota. So um, you get a code for the gate, and you can go out with your friends or your family, and and if you're a member, you can shoot anytime you want. Otherwise, at BASA, there are open to the public hours during the summer where we actually have uh, members of the board there to help you out, show you the ropes, go over safety and and get you hopefully signed up to be a member. Um, But during uh, the fall time, we also do the rifle sight in days for deer hunters and there's events scattered throughout the year, too. So why would I want to join Bassa, what's 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 in it for me? I think the the biggest thing is just your your personal access to that gem that is the resources at the shooting range there, mm-hmm. to be able to go in and use the facilities and all the safety um, benches and everything we have set up out there and the steel that is always just perfectly kept up because of our volunteers. It's it's just so much better than going to a gravel pit with a milk jug. <laughs> Yeah, and, and of course, obviously, we have a, a lot of youth that are involved in shooting now. Uh, Bemidji <laughs> High School's had, uh, what do they have? They've hundreds of kids involved in that team. Uh, so uh, I'm assuming you see a lot of kids out there. There are, and there's there's some three-gunner kids, too. Mm-hmm. The Trap and Skeet Club uh, folks are, are really good at the three-gun stages. They're used to handling their firearms. They kind of intimidate the rest of us <laughs> because they come with their fancy trap jackets and all their equipment and and speed loaders and things um but you don't need any of that to do the three gun competition you can use the one that your firearm handed down from your grandpa it's just all about having fun and and those kids kind of just keep us striving to be better i'd say also part of this weekend's event is the third anniversary of the well-armed woman and we will hear all about that later in the show but up next we're going to dive back into fishing for a little bit and check in with the aquatic biologist this is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country slash Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. Are you looking to plan a fishing trip? Look no further as Bemidji, Minnesota is your year-round destination for walleyes, pike, muskie, bass, perch, crappie, panfish, and more. With over 400 fishing lakes within a 25-mile radius of Bemidji, come take a cast at becoming a fishing legend. While you're on your fishing adventure, come take a picture with the historic Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Discover the first city on the Mississippi, Bemidji, one step further. Welcome back to Fishing Paul Bunyan Country, Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Ask the aquatic and it's time to once again ask the aquatic biologist, Dr. Andrew Hafes, another tough question. And this was another one from Joe Amundsen, who asked last week's question on fizzing. This one, how long does it take for a fish to digest a hook? Which is a great question. And then the follow-up I would have on that is, is that an issue, really, for fish health? 
Yeah, another great question and another one I had to do some reading on. Unfortunately, I was able to find a really cool study that was also fairly recent on it. And uh, this study was done on char, a white-spotted char, which is actually very closely related. It's in the same genus as like your brook trout and your lake trout. And I think that's a a good fish to pick for a study as well because uh, oftentimes I think people use live bait to catch trout and things like that. And, um, you know, when that happens, you can tend to get some gut-hooked fish. And so in the study, what they did is uh, they caught over 800 of these char. And they looked at where the hook was, and about 10% of the fish that they captured actually had it gut-hooked down deep. They'd either swallowed the hook completely or it was down in the esophagus region too deep to to start messing with. And so they cut the line. And then they were able to capture, um, you know, recapture a substantial number of those fish and through time, and then they could track, you know, they would look at whether or not the hook had dissolved, was gone, or corroded, or what. And so they got some really cool estimates on those things. So in regards to your second question on is it important, I think uh, 10% of the fish being captured having this issue, I think that is important enough to, uh, okay. to well, think about. And I guess what I meant by is it important, um, have they found that it's an issue for fish health to have hooks in them for long periods of time? So this study kind of suggests that it might not be that big of an issue. Okay. So they were able to capture, recapture like 90% of the fish that they had got hooked. Okay. And if something's willing to eat, right, <laughs> that's what they, the logic was in the paper. I read their discussion and the topic on it, and they, they said, well, if that thing's really, you know, feeding again and, and you know, moving yeah. on with its life, it's probably doing all right. You know, it's not as sickly as, you know. Another yeah. fish that doesn't have that problem. So um, now the the interesting part as well as these estimates that they were able to provide is how long did it take to get rid of that hook? And so the estimated average time uh, before that hook started to corrode was about 22 days. So that's how long it took to start rusting and, and things like that okay. on average. Now they got some pretty substantial error on that as well. It was plus or minus 22 days. So, mm. <laughs> uh, But, you know, that's still a... It's a in my mind, that's a decent estimate, 22 days, plus or minus 22. Now, after cutting the line, to get rid of the hook entirely, that was 53 days. Okay. So if you're going to gut hook that fish and cut it, you know, and I would recommend cutting it and not trying to pull it out, that's probably pretty bad on the fish yeah. when you start causing the bleeding and things like that. 20 days for it to start rusting, corroding away, and another 50 for it to disappear completely or be passed. Okay. So if it doesn't hit anything vital, it can just... Like you said, go on with the rest of its life. Yeah, it seems that way. Okay. I mean, that's what this this study in particular based upon 800 captured fish. So. Okay. Wow. Um, interest, interesting study, and I suppose no nothing was determined as far as types of hooks or metals used. It was just hooks. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that. That's an okay. interesting question you got there as well. <laughs> if you get some sort of stainless steel thing in there that can't be corroded as easily. Right. Um, yeah. Okay, so... Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's an interesting question, and it's, it, the other part of it that I found the most interesting is, will it hurt a fish if it's got it stuck there for? But apparently not. Fifty some days, and they're rid of it yeah. more often than not. Yeah. Now, you know, these are all for baited hooks. I mean, if you have a lure in there, this is a completely different ball game. If it gets sure. down in the bottom, nobody's going to cut off a eight dollar rapella and leave it in the mouth, right? So, <laughs> right. Uh, but it seems like it happens fairly frequently. On baited mm-hmm. lures, and that it, it's or on baited hooks, and cut them off, and it seems to do all right. So, if the hook more or less is not 
in the mouth or where you can see it right near the mouth, it's best to just cut that line. Especially bedded down there in the esophagus region, and especially if it's down in the stomach area. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah hooks are not that expensive. That's right. Even in our inflationary days. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, thanks as always for the information. It's always fascinating stuff. All right, thanks again. This is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Tara Hokup is back to talk well-armed woman, fishing, and edibles. And a little turkey hunting, too. Also part of the weekend, well-armed woman. Uh, it's it's their anniversary as well. And you've been involved in that ever since it came to town, right? Yes. Um, I actually started this chapter of the well-armed woman here in Bemidji three years ago already, believe it or not. Um, and so August is our anniversary month, which perfectly aligns with the August Academy. So we plan our silent auction fundraiser for that weekend because we get a lot of foot traffic. At least that's the hope yeah. <laughs> out there throughout the weekend. And um, the funds that we raise through that, they go towards our chapter insurance and some trainings that we might put our members through or um, our instructors, different events uh, that we would do throughout the year as well. So, um, so yeah, I was. what does the Well-Armed Woman do throughout the course of the year? Every month our chapter meets. Um, it's the second Tuesday of every month in the evening, and it's a different topic every single month. And what's so nice is we get to cater what we talk about and what we teach to our membership. So we will ask, you know, every three, six months, you know, what kind of trainings are you guys looking for? What do you want to learn more about? Do you guys know anybody who would be a great guest speaker for our chapter in the upcoming months? And we have had some really fantastic folks come through um, from published writers, law enforcement agents, um, just, I mean, it, I can't even tell you. There's so many. You'd have to go on our Facebook site to see it because we've been so blessed to get some of these really, really interesting folks to donate their time to come talk to our ladies. So is this uh, a self-defense type club, a shooting sports club, combination of both? A little bit of all of it, yeah. Um, Like-minded women who like firearms and the outdoors. Um, We do certainly teach about self-defense and handguns, I think we would say is primarily our focus. Um, But we have gone down to the Trap and Skeet Club and shot with them. One month, um, we did a bug out bag with off, uh, off grid armory came and taught us about that. So as long as it aligns with our passions, we can teach about it and we can talk about it and learn and, and we all kind of just learn together that way. And you said, we're telling me that the, the club is growing. It is growing. I say exponentially because I, every time I check my email, I think I have another couple filter through as new members. Um, we're almost at 50 members and continuing to grow. So that's really fantastic for up north Minnesota. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just what we've been able to, to do over the course of these three years, it's kind of just blown my mind. Well, and then the thing you have this weekend is the silent auction. So what, what's up for auction? Oh, there are so many amazing things. So there's um, a local permit to carry class was donated, some youth fishing kits, some concealed carry purses, stun guns, <laughs> um, a cornhole bag game. There's a handheld chainsaw. I mean, come on. It's a handheld mini chainsaw. Wow. I, <laughs> I know. Um, gun safes, some um, bird feeders and wind chimes for outside. Just anything outdoor related it's probably going to be on one of our tables up for auction so do you have to be there to bid 
Uh, you at least have to know somebody to write your name down okay. and commit you to pay for it. <laughs> uh, but you do, you do not need to be present to win. So yeah, you can you can write your name in and hope it sticks, or or stick around and keep bidding. And and you said social media's got a lot of info on that right now. Yeah. So if you were to just go on Facebook and type in uh, T W A W Bemidji, all of all of our the event and all of our information would come up. And just this morning, I did a whole photo drop of a bunch of fun stuff. So okay. Uh, and again, this this whole thing starts Friday. It's going to run through Sunday. Friday at noon, we'll have folks out there. And yes, through Sunday at noon is when we would draw the silent auction and BB gun winners and wrap up the day. Any idea how many members there are on the Bemidji Area Shooters Association? You know, I should know that because <laughs> I'm on the board, but I um, I want to say 600s. Oh, wow. Yep. It's okay. a lot of folks. Um, it's It's a lot of people, but it never feels crowded out there. I feel like that's important to note too. Yeah. You you know you don't have to wait in line for a shooting bay. You might be shooting near someone, um, but I would say most of the time when I've been out there, there's maybe one other person on the range. So, giving giving our our BASA membership opportunity to come and go as they please with their gate codes allows for lots of opportunities. So, how do you join that club, and uh, and what does it cost me? Uh, the BASA, to join BASA, you would need to come visit with us um, this weekend, hopefully, okay. <laughs> and chat with one of our representatives out there. We have um, registration forms for that we'll have all weekend. And it is $50 for a single membership or 75 for a family oh, to join okay. BASA. Wow. Good mm-hmm. deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, as long as I have you here, um, been fishing? I have been. I haven't been catching, <laughs> which I seem to feel like that's everybody this summer. But yeah, we've we've gotten out pretty much every week, um, but not produced anything to write home about. Okay, I was out uh, last Monday, caught a bunch of uh, largemouth bass, some really nice sized ones too. So nice. They're biting. They're my favorite. Well, I, I, I went with somebody who knows what he's doing. Ah. That, that helped. It wasn't me. It was... <laughs> Dick Beardsley, so he he found the bass for me. Nice. Um, so yeah, it, it's just not not a great year out there, huh? No, it. I mean, just like everybody says, the water's different, the temperatures are different, the lack of rain anywhere is killing everything. So, so yeah, we just haven't had a whole lot of luck. But I'm also not a professional fisher. <laughs> So, <laughs> no, you're right though. Though the fish are in different spots, and where yeah. we expect them to be, they're not. And have you noted? Have you had problems getting on the water, or are you able to get on in most of the accesses? So far, so good. We don't have a giant boat, so okay. you know our family boat. We can get on most launches. We had a little interesting time on Irving last Thursday. It was pretty low over there, mm-hmm. but uh, otherwise, we made it. Okay. Well, uh, and I know you've you've gone out and you've done the edible thing in the past too, um, but this has got to be a disastrous year for that. It's been terrible. I think we've found we found a few pheasant back mushrooms here and there, but there's just not enough moisture. It's mm. it's unfortunate because it's my favorite. But oh yeah, I yeah I was talking to Matt Brewer a couple of weeks ago. And he just canceled all his trips. Yeah, just had to. Yep. So on the other hand, it's going to be a great bear season. Well, see, and I just I gotta I gotta find more time in the day. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, they're they're looking for food, so baiting's gonna be they're gonna be all over it this year for sure. Yeah, yeah, that should be that should be great for those the bear hunters for sure. So there's your silver lining. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the only one. 
What else are you? Do you I, know, I know you do deer hunting. I mean, do you do you hunt for pretty much everything? Or? Pretty much everything within reason. Bear actually is the only thing I've never sat to try and harvest myself um, in Minnesota. But yeah, I guess fishing primarily in the summer. I'm looking forward to turkey seasons again. I'm looking forward to deer season. We're going to try our hand at bow hunting for deer again. Yeah. I got ghosted last time, so we'll try that again. But fall is my absolute favorite time of year so i'm sorry for all you summer lovers but i'm ready for fall <laughs> well i think most people with this, the heat we've had this summer and the lack of rain i think everybody's ready for fall yeah um well uh in your whole family they, they everybody huts together the whole bit um everybody but our four-year-old i haven't oh, yeah. had her out she's come on a couple walks and um some scouting trips with me but she's a little young to sit quietly yet so my seven-year-old however she came out turkey hunting with me and we had a great time so yeah i'm looking forward to getting her out there more too well that uh, turkey hunting has become incredibly popular mm-hmm. um just just well now you know everybody knows there's turkey here now but it's really taken off people are into it and of course I, you know i guess they like the idea before fishing season kicks in real hard you've you got an opportunity to do a hunt in the in maybe a warmer time of year. I think might be a lot of it, but yeah, it's the influx of birds is huge around here. Yeah. Um, I mean, that wasn't a thing ten years ago. They weren't. They you'd have to travel to go find them. So it's pretty. It's pretty cool to have them here, unless they're destroying your bird feeders <laughs> or your crops. Um, but they're smart. They're they're tough. They're tough to to get to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My my wife used to work with her grandparents on a turkey farm. Um, the those those turkeys were not that smart. Apparently, <laughs> but these guys are a little different. Yeah. All right. One more time before we wrap it up, uh, give us a quick capsule again of what's going on this weekend. Uh, this weekend, starting Friday uh, at noon, come out to the range. Open meet and greet hours. Lots of different events and competitions and classes bring the kids before or after the fair i know you'll you'll be in town so stop by and and check out everything we have to offer out there friday noon till sunday noon all right it's the august academy at the uh, northland regional shooting park put on by the bemidji area shooters association well-armed woman is hosting the silent auction it's their main fundraiser and uh, lots of stuff going on tara uh any spots they can go to to get more information I think the best, your best bet is on Facebook, uh, TWAW Bemidji, and you'll see little posts about all the events and pictures of our silent auction stuff, and and you can find me there. Okay, Tara Hokuf, thank you for stopping by today. Great to see you again. Thank you so much. Game Fair is going on this weekend as well. We're going to hear about that later in the week. We're also going to hear from Peter Janik, the tournament director for the upcoming Frank Snyder Jr. Memorial Muskie Tournament put on by the Twin Cities Chapter of Muskies, Inc. in September here in Paul Bunyan Country. Rich Blomberg's going to be in to talk a little fishing. Mike Cruz is going to tell us about Alaska. And we had a very, 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 very interesting conversation between Jason and Jason, Durham and Rylander. You'll have to hear it. I, I can't even describe it. It's all coming up sometime this week or next week as we just are loaded with great shows. And, of course, if you can't catch it on the radio, you can always subscribe to the podcast and listen to it at your convenience at Podcast One or on the PodMN app. It's also available on the website, kbunsportsradio.com. Click on Podcast. Click on Paul Bunyan Country. That's it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. Thank you for being here. (laughs) 